Welcome everybody to our Behind the Fluff Inspiring the Next CMO podcast series. You can find lots of great resources on our website to help raise your game at www.internationalbunch.com forward slash be inspired. Now today I would like to welcome Santa Marku. Santa is a highly respected senior global marketing leader with valued insight into strategic and digital transformation, marketing technology, product brand and digital marketing. Santa was also my line manager some 14 years ago at British Standards Institution and was pivotal in my development from a marketer as a, an executive to a manager. So hello, Santa. Hello there, Lou. It's lovely to see you. Lovely, um, really appreciate you inviting me to have this chat. I am. Um, it's been a long time, but um, I've seen you develop and what you've done over the last few years. And I'm really actually really proud in terms of what oh. you've achieved working um, at the International Bank, setting it up. And actually, and really inspiring in that way. So I'm, I'm pleased to be here. And thank you. Well, you are part of my little adventure, you know, getting me to where I am today. So thank you. Well, that's the best thing. Well, it is. you're welcome. No, but that, you. that's part of, um, you know, what I've been doing. Do I need <laughs> to make you a stakeholder? You, know, really. you can do whatever you like, my lovely. <laughs> um, I guess the point here is, is that... <laughs> I guess the point here is, is I, this is what I love to see going forward. As a leader, you love to sort of work with people and yeah. see them flourish, learn, yeah. but also learn. I take a lot from that as well, you know, sort of learning from what other people are learning as they yeah. go through, listening to what their experiences are, and then being yeah. able to adapt that through, through your career. Um, also with other teams that you work with. And, you know, I've worked with lots of people from, you know, um, interns that come in for a year because they're having a gap here at university or it's part of their sandwich course versus, yeah. um, you know, senior leaders like in other parts of the business, um, you know, MDs or specific directors that are running a business unit. And it's always good to see how people, um, you know, uh, improve, how people yeah. flourish, how people grow. So I love that. And that's, I guess that's something that um, I love doing with teams, you know. So you, you, you were part of that team. I was part of that team. And it's, uh, it's great to see the progression. Well, you were one of my best bosses. You are up there. Wow. Yeah, in the top three. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Very, proud. Like Through my said. whole career. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, now, right. before we get started, we do a campaign called um, hashtag Intbunch Word of the Day. And we like to um, feature a word that means something, um, and it could be any type of word. Um, so okay. what would your word of the day be? I guess it would be um, serendipity. I love that word. I love it because it's clearly a phenomenon that is about finding, discovering things almost by chance, but yeah. you need to have been discovering or looking for things in order for it to manifest itself. And I love that because it's uh, an unexpected discovery and we should accept that type of um, discovery um, and then think, wow, how did we come about it? What, what triggered that? So yeah. um, that would be my word, serendipity. I love it. Brilliant. That is an excellent, excellent word. And you're absolutely right. You have to be, in some sense, you have to be doing things to be looking for it to actually make discoveries. And you have discoveries that may not have been what you're initially looking for, but at least you were doing something to discover, if that makes sense. Exactly. 
you're not going to be sitting on a sofa waiting for a discovery to happen. That's no, exactly. It works. Um, <laughs> you know, you've got to be looking, you've got to be driven, you've got to be committed to looking for something that you're trying to make an improvement, you're trying to drive, you know, a particular objective. And then yeah. you think, oh, wow, this is really interesting. And this is where you look at, people are calling it now to a certain extent, new category creation. It's like, what is something that um, uh, is a need for example, yeah. that hasn't really been explored by customers. And then you look at it, it could be something that's existing. And actually you see a different um, a way of positioning it and messaging it. And therefore it becomes, you know, a brand new way of thinking, a brand new way of um, communicating a particular issue around a product or a service, for example. Um, so, you know, th those are the sort of thing. That's why those sort of things, I see those things as, as uh, working quite closely with the serendipity piece, because it is, you're st you still have to do something. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really important. And I think we should use that word more, more so in, in our yeah. daily lives. <laughs> I, well, I, I completely agree. Because when you said it, I was thinking to myself, in the copy stuff that we do, I was thinking, why are we not using that word? It is such an excellent word. It is a great word. Love it. So, yeah, you'll probably see that it's going to, it will definitely start trickling through into some of the stuff that we do. Absolutely. Good. Pleasure. And I love that you just taught me a new buzz term as well. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. It's just a really interesting. It's in the S in the dictionary. It's really cool. Okay, so first things first. First, we want to know a little bit more about you um, before we get into about your career. So, what's the best thing that you have discovered in the last year? The best thing that I've discovered in the last year that I can make some decent cocktails. I suppose, even though Ooh. I don't drink, I don't really drink. I don't drink. Um, only on special occasions, which happens to be every day. These, no, no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> you know, I might have something at Christmas. Um, but um, I, I, I bought myself. No, actually, I didn't buy myself. I was out with a friend and she went, oh, because we've not seen each other for ages, I forgot to get you your, your birthday present. I'm like, okay, Ooh. that's in March. Um, I'm going to get you. And she got me a cocktail making set. So the appliances oh. should have put it up on the back so you could have seen them. But yeah. you know, so I, I, you know, it was uh, it was actually inspired by my son who turned eighteen, and he had a few friends come round, and I thought I'm going to be a really responsible mother. I'm going to look after them, make sure they don't drink too much, but give them a, a taste of something. Give <laughs> so them mocktails. Oh, really? It's got alcohol in it. No, no, 18, it's okay. We're not in the US here yet, you know, so it's okay. It was 18. So I made him a tequila sunrise, which he thought, they all thought was delicious. Nice. And it is delicious because it's orange and it's got grenadine and a little yeah. bit of tequila. Um, so I, you know, used all the appliances and everything. Um, yeah, so I've discovered that. I'm not saying it's the best, but, you know, it's one of the things, I suppose, where we've had a bit more time to do these sort of things. Um, so, yeah, I guess I can say that. I'm, I'm sure that there are plenty of others um so yeah I'll say just sort of like experimenting with those cocktails Fantastic. on other people yeah exactly well you can have mocktails can't you, you I can, can have mocktails yeah it's just that it's not yeah it's fine oh god I feel I terrible it. I feel like a terrible mother but um no it's, it's <laughs> an experience it's an experience because it was one not okay. terrible I think you'll so be like oh my god my mum is so cool <laughs> I don't know they think about that you know especially when you're embarrassing them in front of their family. well yeah but never mind you know as long as you're feeding them with exactly other, they're all right they're happy exactly <laughs> and like when Santa and I first met before um because we haven't chatted for many many years and when we caught up before we did this podcast I was saying you know I was asking her about how her son is and and I just couldn't believe that when I was working with Santa 
he was a little toddler running around and now he's like you know off to uni and it's like oh my god this is wow time flies uh, it time really, really flies a lot, a lot, clearly I just don't know where it where it's all gone but I, I'm really you know it, it's quite interesting because my whole career at BSI has almost been um, parallel with, with my son because he was six yeah. months old when I started uh, at BSI and you know we used to have the Christmas parties he used to come in at Christmas time you know uh, his first entrance into BSI building I think he was nine months old he came with my dad oh. and my dad put him in he was still barely sort of on one of the harnesses trying to keep him straight and stuff and and um, you know he was coming in as well because he was doing his homework coming straight from school you know great place actually because BSI permitted that in terms yeah. of making sure that you know people could see that type of environment and you know he was very good um, and it may, meant that I could put more time and effort into into my career at BSI as well so yeah, um, yeah and of course you've uh, you've uh, you've also met my folks yeah love uh, them in the in the what was it 2006 or so and yeah. uh, you know it's quite interesting how they've I've seen them grow as well and you think oh how different, how things pass quite quickly, you don't realise, because mm. you see them every day. And then um, all of a sudden it hits you, wow, you know, especially during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, being mm. of, a, an, you know, of a certain age, you know, yeah. um, it was quite difficult for them. So, but they only live 197 yards away from me. I love that you According to Google. That. Well, it's according to Google, isn't it? So I put my house in and I put theirs and that's what it comes to. So, you know, around the you corner. You metrics, don't you? Absolutely. <laughs> wow, well, I figured that's what that's what you had. You know, we are going back to the period, are we? I hope not. Um, <laughs> we should be keeping with the metric. You know, that's good. Um, <laughs> oh, fantastic. So um, who inspires you? Well, interesting you said that. Very close to home. And I was going to actually just say, it's like, you know, my 75-year-old mother, really, I've seen her through the years sort of really be the backbone of our family and my dad, of course, um, 75 and still working and has been working during the pandemic as a uh, passenger assistant, if you like, for uh, children going to special needs school. So, you know, she's been in a minibus twice a day, making sure that they're all belted up, making sure that they're not hurting themselves, making sure that things are working. And she's just done it. She's been amazing. Uh, and she, even though she's, um, you know, she could have uh, shielded for longer, um, you know, she decided that she just wanted to do it and she continued to do it. Clearly the, um, the council had given her the PPE and all the rest of it. Yeah. And, um, you know, she's really loved by those, those children. Yeah. Um, and she gets a new, you know, she sees them through their entire secondary education from 11 to 18. Wow. And um, she sees the differences and they love her to bits, you know, it's um, Rosa this and Rosa that, you know, so oh. it's lovely to see that. Um, so that's where I can see from that really, really close to home. Um, from a professional perspective, um, there's a couple of, well, there's one in particular that I think has really helped me, especially when we've been doing digital work, yeah. um, websites, um, Jacob Nielsen from the um, Nielsen Norman Group and really he's the guru for web user experience and usability amazing um, I've used a lot of the, his stuff really his empirical research to help and support ideas and to help and support us get to a certain place when it comes to website because everyone wants a flashy website don't they yeah but if it doesn't meet the criteria of the user 
and it's too flashy and there's too much, you need to think of that experience. And, Absolutely. you know, we're all happy. I know I, I've been through this a lot. Oh, I like this. Can we just do this? Boom. It's like, yeah, but what is the purpose of that boom? What is the purpose of something moving when you think people need to be, need to have this information in an accessible way? Um, you know, for me, it's about substance. It's about information architecture rather than design. Visual design is the last thing, in, I don't know if you know this, but visual design should be the last thing you think about when it comes to websites because it's about the infrastructure. It's about the information. It's connecting people to information and remember always looking at it in conventional ways not to try and do something different just for the sake of it but do things that are obvious you know where does the menu bar sit where does the location sit so that it's obvious to any user rather than it being having to find it exactly at the end of the day you want to make it as easy as possible to get people to connect to your information and to reach the objective which could be downloading a piece a white paper on some on sustainability or it could be actually i want to quote for a particular service that i'm looking for i've come to you make it easy for me to do that so make it easy for me to do business with you when you were young what did you want to be well i really don't know i didn't really have much of um when it came to ambition and stuff it was like you know we give you a, a background really it's quite interesting my mum and dad came immigrants from Italy um they had to work and they left us on our own I'll tell you something if it'd been these days we wouldn't be here you know we'd be in social care or something I don't know but I think a lot of people have this type of experience you know yeah. I was taking my, my I was going to school walking to school on my own at the age of five taking my 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 five six you know taking my my brother who was a little bit younger crossing Clerkenwell Road you know um mm-hmm. in the city of London uh, getting to where we needed to get to and then also what was quite interesting is that you know um, we didn't really have that support from the school structure either really you know I remember having a careers talk with Mrs Carroll at a school that I used to go to and it's no longer there um, she said oh yeah you, you're, you're Italian you've got some languages you should go into international banking and I'm like we didn't really have that com- I mean seriously we did not have that type of um communication at that but also from a from a younger age we just got on with it we were there I can't even remember my parents going to um, uh, a school play because we would be out off in Italy as soon as the, the door shut yeah uh, my mum and dad would be working late my, my father's a was a chef and therefore we had lots of different shifts um, my mum did everything she was a tea lady right a tea lady a cleaner all of those sort of things that yeah, people that came in and waves of immigration did at that time. Uh, a great story, you know. My start, my 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 brother, who was younger than me, my mum used to take him to um, a solicitor's office in Doughty Street um, and put him on the tea trolley to take him with him because you had no one to leave your kids with. I love it yeah so she was a tea lady in those days where you used to yeah. go would you like a cup of tea and a biscuit would you like you know seriously so um you know those are great but in terms of a, a career in terms of what I wanted to be none of that but like I said they inspire me because they've got to this point it's that work ethic mm. it's making sure that they um you know provide for their families all of this sort of stuff so mm. but I did go into I was going to go to university actually which is really interesting but I deferred I got an unconditional offer at um Holloway in Bedford to read Italian um but, but then I went uh, to an agency I wanted to take a year out and ended up at Thompson Holidays the best time of my life 
Um, you know, went on educationals. I'd, I'd never paid to go to Benidorm, but I went on an educational there to check out some hotels, as I did to Tunisia. <laughs> as I did yeah, exactly. It was an education. Um, but I had the best time. But, and I was in finance at that time. It was um, an overseas payments department where we had to reconcile things over a two-week period, paying those hotels. Um, um, and and, and at, there, at that point, that's where I learned a lot in terms of, you know, leadership. It's really interesting. At, the yeah. age, at a young age, I didn't go to university in the end to, to experience that per se. I did my um, degrees. I did my degrees and my diplomas um, as I was working because yeah. I knew they'd come in handy. I wanted to learn more about business, et cetera. Um, and that's how I did my, my, my degrees in that way. Um, but equally, I had lots of experience in finance. And then I thought for some reason, I was also training lots of people, writing documentation, how to uh, users, how to do what they needed to do step by step. I was managing a team, supervising a team at the age of, I think it might've been 19 or something like that. Wow. So, um, and I think that's where I really got to learn about people and how they work and what makes them tick and what their hot buttons are and how you can really make sure that they they, they um, <clears throat> go down a route that they really want to go down, you know, make sure that we coach them and stuff like that. And then I decided, right, for some reason, I think I might want to go into marketing. So I got a job at the Chartered Institute of Management Accountants and there where they supported me as a marketing assistant, that's where I started, um, you know, uh, at the Chartered Institute of Marketing Accountants, sorry. Yeah. Um, and actually was, you know, sending out um, uh, packages to schools, running business school, um, uh, business uh, competitions, if you like. We used to go into a school and get people to play parts of being part of an organisation and what they had to do. And, and really highlighting that from a student perspective and dealing with companies as well from a professional development perspective. Again, you know, trying to get them to do the CIMA yeah. um, qualifications, etc. And I was there for a couple of years where, I, I mean, I loved it. They, that's, I got great, um, I was traveling up and down the UK. It was like, you know, oh, wow, quite a young person doing this, running these sessions, uh, enjoying every minute of it, but organizing the, you know, the, the uh, logistical part of it and everything. And um, fantastic. I had a great time. Um, um, so <laughs> you that, had a lot of fun in your career. <laughs> oh, I did. But, and, and especially after that, what happened is I then took, um, I, I got that under my belt. I got my diploma, if you like, from um, marketing, CIM, and then went, you know what? I'm going to take a year out or over and just go traveling, which is what I did because then I didn't have to do it cheaply, cheaply either. <laughs> you know, um, I didn't have to do the whole, uh, we did some hostel pieces. So we went, you know, Southeast Asia, Australia, worked there for a greengrocer, florist, and a yeah. sandwich. You have to do what you have to do in order to get yeah. to where you get to. So, um, you know, I had a great experience and then came back and worked for. Um, Euromonitor, so the Market Research and Consultancy Organization, um, set up their Chicago office actually um, for marketing perspective. Um, was there for about a year and a half, two years. Loved it. Again, really been exposed to a lot of things yeah. quite early on, and that's really provided a really great grounding for, for where I am now. So, fantastic. So, my last question to you in this sense is if you were to have dinner tonight with anybody, whether they are alive or dead or um, just anybody you would ever want to okay. in the world, All right. who would it be? Well, I guess there are a couple. Well, actually, there are a couple of. Well, I think there's probably three people. It's awful, in it? I can't go just one, can I? No, you can have as many as you like. Well, you know, I, I would think there are three that would come straight to my mind. Clearly, David Attenborough is just a genius in yeah. everything and over the years in terms of how he's achieved what he's achieved how he's messaged what he's used his 
he's used his uh, expertise, if you like, to get the message out um, yeah. really, really quite powerfully. I'd love to find out more about that. Sherry Blair. I know some people think, oh, God, you know, Sherry Booth, right? Um, she's a, one, of the, one of the most eminent human rights um, lawyers, but she doesn't get the press that she deserves. I think that's because it's yeah. her time with, uh, you know, in government, not in government, but her husband's government. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm sure she's got tons and tons of um, stories to tell. Yeah. And the other one, Leonardo da Vinci. And the reason why I say him is because he was a genius and he was, um, what was it? He was a genius who did lots of things. He was ahead of his time. Um, people thought he was nothing. He was a he was crazy man, but clearly not because you yeah. can see things that have come out from what he did those, all those years ago um, yeah. to the present day. Uh, and, and, and I see that and I think, right, okay. So, you know, sometimes you just have to wait. You have to just wait for your time to come. You might not see yeah. it, um, but you can push it, but you push it and you get yourself a reputation that you might not, it wouldn't be unfair, it would, would be unfair, sorry. Um, so that would be quite an interesting selection of people, I think. Quite that would be quite a conversation. <laughs> and I think the Sherry Blair one's really interesting because yeah. um, I watched something on the television the other day where they had Keir Starmer, and that's not my political party. But actually, um, I thought it was really interesting when he was talking and he was talking about some really quite personal things about his family and when mm. his wife passed away and all this kind of stuff. And and it made him so much more human. And that human human connection is, as we know, as marketeers, is incredibly important and that resonance. But it did make me appreciate and respect him more. So that's the same with Cherie that I'd probably look into her a bit more now because because for me, in my life, she was Tony Blair's wife. Mm. I never really and like you said, without the press attention, and the press are very good at um, what they what they show and what they don't, and how yeah. they manipulate your minds effectively. Um, so I didn't really appreciate um, what she does, or even think about wanting to know. So I definitely. Yeah. I mean, the stuff that she's done has been amazing. It's just that, you know, now that she's out, you know, that always continued in the background, but that's yeah. not what you saw, you know? And it's a bit like at the moment, you know, it's a, you know, they do say the saying after behind every great man, you know, there's a greater woman. Um, yeah. And you know what? And you see that in a lot of places, right? I mean, it's out, yeah. you know, I, I don't want to sound glib or anything, but um, you can see, you can see that. So it's um, really interesting for me. Uh, that there are some brilliant women out there uh, that sometimes don't get full credit for, for really in their own right. Um, yeah. Get oh, the absolutely. exposure of the, you know, the achievements that they've made. So, But also behind every great woman, there may be a greater woman. <laughs> True. I tell or you. a greater man. Or a greater man. Or whatever. Know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I think that's right. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's, also looking at you know the support structure behind someone and what's in, and who's inspiring them and propelling them forward so I think that's really important so what are you most proud of in your career then I guess it's the transformation around the digital moving from the traditional stuff through to digital actually becoming um, you know linchpin in the business um, in terms of marketing but yeah. also being part of how you know people work on product parts as well um, and really that's the way forward 
and actually aligning those where possible. So, you know, as part of the transformation from a marketing digital perspective, you know, yeah. it's, it's transforming not only the applications, but the way that you do marketing. So improving around SEO, SEM, social, automation, nurturing, um, engagement, and doing that in that way. Content development, which is more yeah. around, um, you know, the brand, uh, what what is the purpose of the organization and how yeah. do you push that through um so that's what i'm really proud that i mean that's quite big yeah, <laughs> that's, that's taken some time that's taken yeah. some time and i'm proud around the fact that from a you know uh, from a digital perspective that was where you know i stood and that's what i you know managed to achieve and accomplish all the way through all the different elements of it going through um, my career there so um yeah that's uh, i'm really proud of that no, absolutely. And so you should be. It's an incredible amount of experience and expertise that you have in there. And also, I'm sure that you've had a lot of lessons learned as well. And, yep. you know, it's, and, and I think that BSI has been a fantastic organisation, because when I look back when we worked together, and mm. this was like 14, 15 years ago, however long it was, and we were, you know, that's when Salesforce.com was being introduced as a marketing tool to help marketers to be able to task their key stakeholders to, to give them deadlines to come back with content. And, you know, it, it's really clear that British Standards Institution was doing things really ahead of the game. And you were part of the team that were leading that and then took a much more active role as you moved around the organization to really propel that even further. And, you know, it, it's, when I look at some organizations now who are just thinking about salesforce.com and I know they're much smaller but I think you know gosh some have been doing this for so long that there's some incredible benchmarks and lessons learned for you already out there to be absolutely. doing better and not to be doing the same mistakes that were already done. Absolutely totally agree it's a moving feast as well you know so it's, it's about how organizations have their salespeople as well how they're structured and what they're do, what they're tasked to do you talk about salesforce um, you know, we, we, we implemented part of which is the automation part of Salesforce, if you like, it's the marketing cloud piece. Um, and actually what's happened there is that we could get some really good um, qualified marketing qualified leads, if you like. Um, yeah. But actually, when do you pass them on? When do they move from a, to, to, to a salesperson to have a conversation? And it's really interesting because that culture has to change as well in the fact that yeah. you're having conversations rather than just closing deals. You know, and, that, and, and that's all about training. That's all about finding the right trigger points, the touch points where you can move that across uh, and using data and analytics to help you support that. Because that's what I used across my career. It's more like, you know, I want to make some decisions. What do I look at? Um, I, yeah. I look at the data. I don't go, oh, put a finger in the air and go, yeah, I've got a bit of a gut feel there. Well, you know, you have to balance that. Use the data to help you in the first instance, especially when it comes to, to digital. It's so easy. Yeah. It's the simplest thing and look at it over a period of time and not look at it in, in isolation. There are other things that you need to look at as well. So um, that's where data analysis is really, really key around what, what needs to happen around this and making decisions and, and, and trying to push, um, you know, to, to achieve what you need to achieve for an organization. Everyone's into doubling their, you know, doubling their revenues and all this sort of stuff. So you need to think about how you could do that in an, an accelerated, but, um, accelerated way. Um, without to the detriment without any detriment to the current business as well you might yeah. want to take a few hits but you need to make sure that you're making those and you're doing those strategically and tactically yeah. um, to make sure you get to where you need to get to otherwise um, you know you could be making some 
I'm sure within we know within publishing, you know, this brand new or uh, brand new database comes out, and you're thinking about, well, who are we still servicing? How do we migrate these people? Can we migrate these people? Or are we going to take a loss? You don't never want to take a loss, but you try and manage that process as, as well as possible um, as an organisation. So. Yeah, I mean, it's looking at return on investment as well, isn't it? Because some exactly. people may just see pound signs and say, oh, we're going to take a loss, but actually if they look deeper into return on investment and how much time is being taken to do this, exactly. other costs are associated to that, they may suddenly go, oh, actually, it's going to be more advantageous if we do just cancel it. As some like to say, sunset it. Exactly. I like that. I like that. <laughs> quite important to, I like that. But it is important to look at that and without, and that's why decisions need to be based on the data and the analysis that you have. Um, yeah. Also, as an organisation, what the culture is, do you like taking risks or not? So you need to think about that. And also, how much do you want to move the dial? How, you know, how far do you want to get to where you need to get to? You know, um, it's really important to take those things into consideration. But if you're a big organisation, there are lots of factors that you need to look at anyway. And it's like, oh, sometimes it can stop you. But if you yes, your mind or stuff, you might need to think, well, I need to focus on a particular area um, and look at it in an iterative way. You know, you're yeah. looking at it in terms of what could step by step rather than trying to do everything, you know, uh, boil the ocean and then nothing really happens, you know. So um, it's really important then to get that focus. And but everyone needs to be focused on that. I always talk about, you know, you've got your business as usual stuff. You can't just let go of your business as usual stuff and just do the really nice creative pieces. You've got to find a way of doing both and then yeah. they merge. You know, yes. so that's really important in terms of how we have to accept it, don't you? I mean, we uh, many of us don't like doing admin, but you you have to do admin, right? Yeah, so, you do. Or you can automate it. Yeah, yeah, to a point. If possible. Yeah. Outsource it if you can. Yeah, yeah, that'd be lovely. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, who's got to do the VAT returns this month? Uh, you know. Oh yeah, gosh, yeah. <laughs> I love. I love. Is that's the thing when you're a small business owner is like you wear a lot of hats and you wear a lot of hats. Yeah. yeah and and yesterday I was accounts and so it's just like oh, I think I need to get someone in to do accounts oh, I know <laughs> and, I know and hey I need someone to do invoicing invoicing gosh yeah. that's what accountants are for right well that's what oh, yeah, bookkeepers yeah. and all the rest of it but yeah. again technology to help you but again I do only as good as the user it's only as good as the you know, the experience and the process that users have. Again, it, it, you're, you're Absolutely. going back to marketing. It's only good as, as, as it's configured and how it's used. And, and, you know, it's because it won't work on its own necessarily. Someone's got to set it up. Someone's yeah. got to train people. Someone's got to work on it all the time. There has to be a roadmap. What's the next step, you know? So it's, um, it's not a one-off thing, as we talked about. It's an ongoing journey. It never stops. Yeah. Absolutely. It does never stop. And, and, you know, for me, it's about taking time to look at the process I've currently got. How can I refine that? But then it's also about I need to block that time out to do that. And I know it'll be great once I've done it. But right now I'm like, Yes, yes, not a priority. I'll do it some. No, especially because there's lots of all these other things that I need to do, which are wow, really interesting. I want to learn, <laughs> <laughs> like this. Yeah, like this. And uh, you know, it might make me a bit more money. So you know, that that that's all good. Yeah, exactly. So, what have that's you found about... most challenging in your career? Um, most challenging really is um, having to really talk to lots of people at different levels, but, you know, managing, managing it, it's an organization being ready to, to accept to a certain extent that this is the way things need to go. Um, I, you know, I talk about, I remember one of my um, ex-bosses said, Santa, you just have to 
you know, some people just take a bit more time to understand what it is that needs to happen. Okay, and that's fine. So it's understanding that. And that can be quite a challenge, especially because you're driven and you want to get things done because you know you can see the, that it's going to make, you know, it's going to be a great um, revolutionary thing or, you know, it's going to make a big difference to people's work life. It's going to be yeah. a big difference to clients. Um, and you want to get there, but you have to make sure that people are with you on the way, on the journey. And that means that you might have to do extra uh, you know, uh, communication, one-to-ones, just to get through and get their ideas and find out what it is that maybe might be stopping them to doing what needs to happen, you know. Um, yeah. and, but that, I think, is a challenge everywhere because it's something that, you know, with more complex organisation, having worked in a matrix, you know, it, you know, people have got their specific focus and you don't want to interrupt what they're doing necessarily because it could have a, a, an implication to the bottom line. But it's something that, you know, may take a bit longer to get in there um, and I guess just have to come to terms with the fact that you know people need to be ready um, as I said before you can't force people to do things they have to come with you um, and that make it a lot easier and smoother so I, I spent a lot of time talking to lots of different people across the globe on that yeah I think we there's a really interesting point out of that though in the respect that and I help to coach a lot of junior marketers or not necessarily junior but it could be at any different stage but those that don't feel confident in asking people that are more senior to them about doing something and exactly. they'll get blocked with something and they don't have the confidence so what they'll do is they'll just send an email and they'll think that that email is going to solve it but you know if you're like me my email goes into a black hole so the best way of having a chat with me is booking some time with me in my calendar. So I dedicate that time specifically to yeah. you to unblock yeah. you and help facilitate you doing whatever you need Absolutely. to do. And so people just think, well, it's one size fits all. No, it's not. No, it's but not. you have the capabilities of unblocking yourself and getting the most out of that person in the best way for them. And sure, it takes longer, but it's more effective. And actually in the long run, you may think it takes longer, but if you keep sending emails and chaser emails and they're not coming back and you're feeling demotivated, it probably doesn't take longer. No. Well, I guess the point is also, who are you, what are you trying to get? Um, I guess the point yeah. is, is that how you make those people visible within your teams as well. So, you yeah. know, it's not just about me, far from it. It's about the team supporting and actually getting that message and getting them involved in yeah. terms of what you're doing um, and, and actually getting them on that journey and making sure that they are then respected for what, they can um you know what they can contribute um and I, yeah. i've done that a lot and you know people have you know set up a center of excellence when it came to digital marketing so you make sure that you you've got your seo person your scm they're the ones that are spoken to or we're working with in order to sort of get the real data get the yeah. technology get the technical pieces of it as well as where you go with someone who's building web pages or doing the automation for example it's really important to have them um, with you around also in terms of the data setting up dashboards you know getting the right people to do the right job but also giving them that visibility and confidence and when they need your support provide that support um, and, you, and you're right though and, and I think there's been a lot of that that was lost in the last year when you're not having those water cooler moments yeah uh, we're not making coffee in the kitchen and you're talking to people and you're, you're finding out what's going on and how you know it's, it, it, you have to make an, a real effort these days from, 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 from this perspective so it's quite interesting that you said you know book some time with me so I can have a, a conversation oh, yeah. like this as opposed to you know I'm just going to send an email or you know pick up the phone sometimes you could just pick up the phone as well yeah, yeah. to help so um yeah there's there tends to be um I think that's something that people would need to really I, I would see that as one thing in terms of coaching the next generation of marketeers, if you like, yeah. going forward. 
um, and feeling confident uh, to do this. Um, and I think it's important that you make people shine. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, and like you said, the focus and the structure, if, if you're going to be working with, if you want to get something from someone who like sign off on something and there's someone that's more senior than you, you, you know, you have a call with them, you start at the beginning, you say, this is what I want to get out of this call. So you set the expectations, you, you do the call and you get what you need to get. And then you finish. The call. You, if you manage to give some time back, even better. And what a fantastic experience. They're like, happy days. I'd love to speak to you again because you give me time back. <laughs> exactly. And I guess, and that's really important. Be clear on what it is that you want to get out of those types of things. I mean, you can go on some of the generic stuff around meetings because they could go on forever if no one's got structure to it. Yeah. A lot, you know, just have a lot of talk and, you know. We've all been in those meetings, a meeting for the sake of a meeting. And no, I don't like that sort of stuff. I but, do know. One senior marketing exec says to me that at the beginning of every year, they like to do something like, is it calendar bankruptcy or something? And they literally wipe their calendar. Oh, lovely. Right, start again. Who, who, That's who good. Me? <laughs> That's really good. I, I do think it's important to do that and to make time so you can actually do some work. Again, yeah. it depends on what level. If, if your role is to really start talking to lots of people and actually pushing that through, that's what you do. Yeah. You know? Uh, but you still need to balance that time with, you know, having a lunch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and actually doing work. And doing, and then actually sort of, yeah, exactly, doing some work, actually pushing. Yeah, actually doing work rather than talking about things. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so what's your ultimate career goal then, Santa? Ultimate career goal? I know, it's yeah. a tough one. Because, yeah, you're probably there. I'm you know? probably there. To a certain extent, I am, you know, the, uh, looking for a, a place where, you know, my senior marketing um, uh, person who actually, again, as I said before, facilitates, makes things easy for the business as a whole, um, translates things, um, getting things done, um, yeah. seeing things that um, are, you can achieve, setting that strategy and making sure that you move towards it. I can provide a lot of that drive and commitment to do that so um yeah there's nothing specific as such because i know that if i'm in an organization i will do my hardest um, yeah. to get to where we need to get to and make things happen and, and that's what a lot of people say you know actually make things happen um rather than just talking about it you know it's, yeah uh, it's a balance of both you know yeah um, so very really important to do that but also bringing everyone with you um so i love working with teams for example you know teams that have sometimes i've had quite a few teams that um, have changed over the years but you know making sure that those people are seen as individuals as well making sure they go to the right places that they need to go to because marketing might not be what they want to do yeah. could be that they want to be a florist or you know and, and helping them to do that um yeah. so you know something like that but equally um getting involved with organizations different types of organizations and solving their problems so if money was no object then um what would you want to be doing if money was no object blimey retiring <laughs> <laughs> sipping mojitos like i said mojitos or whatever they're called yeah, yeah exactly yeah. um on a beach somewhere taking it easy um <laughs> no i mean you love your volunteer work, though, don't I you? I love my do yeah. I do do some volunteer work, and I've done that. You know, I work with. I mean, I'm 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 flabbergasted on the work that happens in school, but I think people appreciate the work that they do there um, in terms of uh, 
uh, everything that I have to report into government, into local um, local authorities, the fact that they love their pupils. I mean, uh, it's it's fantastic to see that it's uh, the, the nature of what they do is really to help um, build these great, great people into into great, great human beings. You know, for the future. Um, yeah. And it's lovely to see. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a governor with an organisation, with a school, and I've seen that. Um, and in terms of how they have to, you know, work with budgets and, and actually new schemes that come up, especially around the COVID time, the new things they have to do and, and be able to communicate that. Um, so I, I think it's, um, I love doing that. Plus, I mean, the way I look at it as well as, you know, I've got, um, I'm running a, a couple of things, you know, I, I support my parents as well, because, you know, it's almost like running three households. Yeah. <laughs> running three households uh, and a business uh, that my husband, uh, my husband's business as well. So it's, um, there's quite a lot there that keeps me occupied. So even if I'm, you know, yeah, definitely. And, and it'd be great to find things in between that too, that, you know, really be able to show things. Um, yeah. That's, there are only so many hours in the day, Santa. I know, and I think that's really important to keep in mind. <laughs> what inspiring professional books would you say are a must-read for a marketeer, and why? Right. Well, as always, I'm going to say I've got. You know, I, I actually what I, I don't I read books, but the main thing I look at are mainly around uh, looks at blogs and articles. So I look at Smart Insights. Uh, Digital Donut have got great newsletters and again Jakob Nielsen's got newsletters as well that I, I sign up to but equally um, going back to people that I've worked with people that are very cool I've got some books you know people I'm going to show this Right to Sell Right the to Sell by Andy Maslin he was my he was my boss actually at Euromonitor who then asked me to go to Chicago to set up their marketing operation there. Um, and he was a great copywriter and he taught me how to really copy, to, to write great copy. And, and what's important is, is that as always, everyone thinks that everyone can write, yeah? It's a real skill when it comes to copywriting. And he showed us that, um, yeah. how to do it, slash and burn things, you know, cut things down, think about your audience, think about the fact that they haven't got, you know, you're not writing a um, piece of prose, you know, it's not weather in heights, it's... Uh, it's <laughs> You're trying to get people to do some certain things. Um, so so I, the ultimate guide to great copywriting is fantastic. There's another one, actually, is about digital leadership. And this is, again, someone else. I actually, she was in my team, Sophie Sundell, amazing woman. I brought her in, um, I think it was in 2008, to, to, to work on video content, to work yeah. on social media, to do look at a uh, test and trial new digital techniques in those days. And uh, I'm really proud to see that she's done a fantastic job and, and she continues to work on that. I think she's actually, she's gone back to Sweden now. Um, cashing in content. Oh, really, really important. Um, I think it's all about, um, it's, it's a bit old actually, but really a good way on how to sort of, uh, how you can cash in on your content. Cause when the people forget, how do you drive people? How do you drive people to your website? It's about the content. It can look the way, it doesn't have to look well. It just needs to, needs to be, the information structure needs to be good, but your content needs to be optimized in a way mm. that gets people. What do people do? The first thing they want to find out something, they don't go, oh, let me go to this website. They don't. They go to a search engine, Google in the main, <laughs> in this yeah. country, and they do a search term. You've got to make sure that you're found, you're ranked in the yeah. first page. And look at how you can get that. So that was really, that, those are three books. Then there's also another one, Business Model Generation. Really interesting book. Oh, that's a good one, isn't it? I've got that. Have you got that? It's really, really inspiring and really quite easy to read and look at and refer to all the time. So um, 
I think I mean, these are the things that I would look at from a marketing perspective to give you that view. Um, but you know, there are tons. So uh, you know, we could. There are so many. I know. So many. It's the ones that you look at and you think, oh, well, yeah, that's quite interesting. Oh yeah, I'm going to refer back to that. What did that person do? Where? Did, you know, not something you forget things. I'm just saying it's quite nice to then sometimes go. I've done this this way. Let me go and um, I need a bit of reassurance sometimes. <laughs> you know, exactly. So you go back to it. Exactly. So, so you kind of mentioned a couple of. Um, uh newsletter signups and things but if you were to yeah. say what your favorite book or your favorite podcast or your blog is and I know you said you like to read articles and blogs and oh. um, so what would that be and you can mention a couple if you want to my favorite book sorry book, so... blog, podcast which which one is like your most favorite that you any oh. one of those I just like look I just like I don't know blimey is there a really digital, digital blog? series? No, I'm joking. I told you the blog really is around the digital tone-up blog, although the Jacob Nielsen blog, but um, also the chief marketing technologist, Scott Brinker, has got quite interesting um, uh, blogs, articles, especially around Martech. There we are. Perfect. So if you could travel back in the time machine and you could tell your early career self anything, what would you say to them? Uh, I would say, I would say, build and those relationships. That has just laid another egg. <laughs> Don't lay too many eggs. I thought they could only chicken. Oh, no, that's another chicken. Six chickens. We could have six chickens. We've got a dozen eggs. That's nice. A day. Lovely. <laughs> Every other day or whatever it is. Um, I would say just make sure that um, you are... Uh, kind to people I'm not saying that I haven't been but I think it's really important that you understand um, know the people that you work with um, know your team be empathetic to what they might be going through because you don't know what they're going through and I only see that because um, if you get to know people then you know how to have those great meaningful conversations and relationships mm -hmm. so the reason why again I always bring up football is because most of my team you know we could uh, talk about you know, Tottenham or Man United and how they played and all the rest. But it wasn't just about that. It was the fact that that's what was interesting to them. Um, find out about, I say, find out more about their, um, you know, what they like, what they don't like um, as people, as humans, not just as an asset or yes. a number. And that's where the empathy comes in. And I think that that could really help. I'm, not, I'm saying that's where I have grown over the last years is that really got to know the people that I work with and, 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 and you know, I, I'm still in contact with quite a few, um, yeah. you know, still to a certain extent, coaching them, um, mentoring them, you know, if they've got issues, they'll come to me and, and say, look, can I just have a conversation about this, that, or the other? I'm like, yeah, it's fine, no worries. Well, oh, I hadn't thought about that. So it's really important to keep those. So I think it's treasure those um, relationships, treasure those relationships over time um, because, um, A, they're great memories, but B, they could always come in handy. <laughs> And yeah absolutely with people. I, I completely agree with the fact of connecting people with people and talking to them as people and often I found that can be very advantageous if you're working with someone who people may feel is a bit challenging or a little bit difficult and actually if you get to know them as a person you build absolutely. up a relationship and you have a much better working relationship but also you're just taking time with each other and it's not always business. I think sometimes like, you know, when you're having meetings, you do start off a meeting, you're like, right, let's just get straight into it. And if you, some people will start a meeting just before 
they actually have their meeting. Like they'll come in five minutes before and they'll have yeah. that five minutes chit chat. So if you're free, come in five minutes before and yeah. we'll just chit chat. And then when it comes to the point, we can just go so, straight into it. Yeah, I, what's really important though, is that to give people, I mean, when I talk about teens, to give them a safe space, yeah. um, you know, my, my latest team, for example, we would talk and discuss things all the time. Um, mm -hmm. We would have discussions and disagreements and agreements. And, um, and that's really healthy if it's done in a positive, constructive way. Now, you won't necessarily show that externally. You'll just see it. Well, it will manifest itself in the way that they work. Yeah. They'll become experts. They'll be seen as experts, but you don't have to show them every, you know, you know what I mean? The externals don't need to see that, but yeah. you can see that in what people say about your team. You know, there's a great talent, you know, and I think that's fantastic, but you have to give them a safe space to say things. Um, yeah. Might not agree with it, but then we'll have a conversation about it. We'll have a discussion. Um, and then we can look at how that works out and we can always yeah. agree to disagree. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, that, that's, that, that's life, isn't it? So you can't all be all on the same you know, have the same views. Everyone has different opinions and views. Um, but if you're all together and sharing those a bit, you get to the end to the end goal. It's about them making sure we get to find the right approach to that. So, um, yeah, be kind, be empathetic, understand your understand people. Um, it's okay um, if um, they're not there yet, or if there will be a reason for. There has to be. There will be a reason for the way that they might be acting or, or whatever. Uh, so find out. You know, ask questions, um, have those discussions, talk. It's okay because there's um, people come from a good place. In, in generally, people come from a good place. You're talking about you might find people who are judged really quickly, and and I hate, I, I don't like that because it's not yeah. really fair. Uh, as you said, um, when you get to know them, you know they're always coming from a good place, or there may be a reason why they're doing what they're doing. But don't just uh, you know you understand what that is. And then adapt. Walk in in those situations to help with challenging relationships. And I'm just like, I just get to know the person and just have a bit of fun with them and just be myself. And and if yeah. we tell and and it works, then great. If it doesn't, then I'd need a different approach. But um, I'm just there to facilitate to get things moving, and just to make sure that everyone, like you said, everyone has a safe space that they're being listened to. And I think that that's incredibly vitally important. Yeah. Hunter, why you have such high performing such good teams that you're leading and that is because of your management style and your approach and that is why you're so respected and that is why people look at those teams and go they're really achieving something special because you you give people the space to grow and develop as individuals but as well come together cohesively as a team and be respectful of each other absolutely always been the case yeah and I think that's really important um and you know keeping to that is really important but then you need to make sure that you know um that great team isn't lost because people are seeing something else somewhere else you know yeah. so um you know I, I, what I've done in the past as well is making sure that there's visibility for that for what they've achieved and what they've done and, and what tends to happen is you know from my point of view the marketeers love the teams you know they know they get help um, they're professional, um, but it's how you escalate and how you permeate that across the business as well. And that's yeah. a full-time job. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, line management is is like, even if you only have a couple of people, is a full-time job in itself. And to try and get absolutely. your own done around it, especially when you have to 
when you're in an organization where you have to start adding in performance objectives and reviews and yeah, <laughs> yeah we all know what that's like that's what happens and what people need to understand is that uh you know people are the ones that make the organization your people do everything not the organization on its own right so people make up the organization or whatever you might want to say but um that that's to me is is really really important um and there's the backbone of any success because it's all about the people and the culture um and then you know if everyone's on board you can look at how you can transform and how you can uh, move on um there's no point just talking just talking and talking it's about making sure that there's people are led you know there's an example that is set you lead by example we see this all the time you know it's uh, it's great um when people are talking but you're not actually seeing anything manifest itself and i yeah. think that can become quite frustrating in some areas but you keep with it because you've got to think about the people first you know yeah. not as an asset although they are an asset absolutely but they're yeah. people they have feelings and if you want to get the best out of them you get the right people to get the best out of them and you reward and recognize in the right way um no point you know after the fact you know because um that's you know i i in, in my career i've had um uh, my churn has been really low in terms of teams um and and that's because you know we help people as well you know if they do if they think that's not right for them we help gear them to where they need to be and that yeah. to me is success as well yeah you know so um it's really important focus and on the people let people go to let them grow don't you absolutely absolutely so um you know i just think that's quite important Yeah it it you're absolutely right it's people that make up an organization not the organization but then on the other side of that what can be very difficult is restructures and making people redundant and yeah sensitivities around that and at the end of the day it's how we as people react to those situations because i've been made redundant twice yeah. and yeah. and at the end of the day in that respect you are a number and it's not personal it's just the business it's the role remember it's the yeah. role and it, it's going to they're going to do what they're going to do and you are a consequence of that but as a consequence of that it then depends how you're treated in the situation of absolutely absolutely agree i've seen a number of organizations a number of restructures I've been part of a number of restructures and i've seen ones that have been really successful and i've seen ones that haven't been um that successful um so whilst yeah you're look you know the organization needs to do what you need to do totally agree with that yeah. but there is an approach and it's finding the best approach to do that um because you know you have you've invested in those people as well in the past right you've invested in those people and then just not things um so but something it depends how you approach that as well and how you see it and you see it as an advantage it's your next step some people say well um there was a reason for that you know because i've gone on to do something else for example so it's really important to put perspective on but you have to help people at that you have to help people with that don't yeah. just throw them out in a way and left without any support you have to help them through that process yeah. um and 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 that's something that you know in my in my in my career i've done that a number of times and really people have come up to me and going actually that's what i want to do and thank you for giving me the opportunity Yeah. to work on something different and go off and do something that gives me that confidence um as you still build other uh, you know other teams etc so um if you get that out of someone that that is something that is a great feedback and it makes you feel good too because you're not you're not saying well you don't know how they're going to deal with it you know yeah. it, it could come out completely different 
but if you support them in a way that makes sense um, and are clear with them, um, you know, I think that's really important. And you have those discussions and it doesn't come in just as a, oh, by the way, this is what is happening. You've got people involved. They don't see it as a shock. Um, you know, it, 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 it's obvious and you think, right, and, and that's how you deal with this sort of thing so, so that people are bought into it as well. It's amazing how you can turn things around. Yeah, you know, uh, where you feel that restructure isn't a bad word, you know. But I think also, like what you were saying with the so the people to people side. Mm. What's interesting is as you were talking there, it made me think of so Zoe Loveland, who I've done one of these inspiring the next CMO podcast with. She was my manager um, the first time that I was in a redundancy situation. I wasn't made redundant, but I was in a redundancy situation. And it was really interesting talking to her because she was talking about when she came back to work and how she was feeling as a new mom and there wasn't anywhere in her peer group that was in the same as her and mm. how she felt quite isolated, et cetera, et cetera. And as we were talking about her experiences and some of it would have been when she was my manager, it was really interesting because when you're in that redundancy situation, it you know, it just becomes a bit, in, in, you know, it just becomes... Overwhelming. Yeah, very much of a moment. But... To take a step back now and to look at going, wow, you know, Zoe was going through that and she was having a specific thought process at this time about this. And this would have been a new situation for her as well, not to have done this kind of situation before in terms of redundancy with her team. Um, you sometimes have to take a step back and think of what about the other person, because it is that people to people situation. And they're, they're, they're not going to be enjoying making you redundant. No, absolutely. Situation. So absolutely, I totally agree. It it goes both ways, but um, and but the communication needs to be both ways as well. You know, in terms of um, you know, having that. And again, if you've worked with these guys for a long time, you can be straight with them. I don't think there's a. a personally, I'm, maybe some HR people go going, you don't do that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, you know you're dealing with people's um it's, it's a tough time anyway yeah. um even though if you're going through restructuring it's only a few people that might be um, um sorted people will, will always see how other people have been treated um they will see what that looks like and they may think well i don't really want to be here anymore i think it yeah. you know it's time for me to go and maybe that's a, a, a um something that happens anyway as as a derivative or not derivative but as a, Definitely a consequence uh, isn't it a consequence absolutely thank you it's a consequence and you need to think about that because you don't want all your good people all going but people will good people will go if they see that things are managed in a way that could have been managed in a better way if you know they might have lost faith in the organization or whatever it's like you know time to you know people will walk out especially after they may have given feedback over a long period of time and they don't see any change. I think that's a really important thing to, to, to bear in mind as well. Watch and see how you react as well. And mm. if you react badly because emotions are heightened and you're in a, yeah. an open plan office space, that, you know, your our industries that we work in are so incestuous that it's highly likely that you're going to end up working with someone again somewhere else or you know, they're going to be at an organisation. And so it is important that we continue to conduct ourselves in the best Absolutely. way. And then, you know, when you get home, you can swear and curse and, and you know, shout across the room, Absolutely. whatever. But you, you always want to be trying to 
just do the best for yourself because it is about that long-term future for yourself as well it's very tough it's very absolutely and also keeping that you're absolutely right keeping that professional stance as well you know when you go up your last meeting you're still doing what you were doing before as in um you know participating um collaborating not just switching off yeah as well so it depends because um you know, again, you know, do, do people, when it, when it happens like this, what is the process of going out? Do you want to say, all right, go right now? Or do you want to say, look, you know, we still want you here to do handover and stuff like that, uh, but do it in a way that makes complete sense and it's uh, respectful. Um, both ways. You know, that's, that's really important. Absolutely respect. So what's the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? Oh, I, th- I thought I talked about the advice around making, you know, not everyone is um, running at the same speed. Yeah. Um, take a breath. Yeah. And, um, you know, people will come around if you're giving them the communication, they will then get it. You just yeah. have to give them the time to, everyone's different, right? More people reflect, other people get it because they see the future. They've just got, diff- everyone is different in terms of how they absorb information. Um, so, so that's why I would, that was some great advice that I got from uh, one of my uh, bosses. Yeah, perfect. So what's your number one tip for anyone working in marketing right now? Gosh, number one tip, marketing. I think one of the main things is making sure uh, what is it that your client really wants Um, because it's really important to understand those needs and for you to be able to provide them. Um, And I think that's quite important. Always put yourself in other people's shoes so you get a well understanding. And like you said, be a translator to the the organisation. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So what do you miss most since the COVID-19 pandemic? Oh, it's the people in the office. It's the uh, water cooler moments. It's the, because uh, I think you get a lot of information. I think this whole thing about working from home is important. You can get a balance. Yeah. But it's a bit like, you know, when we're in a team, you learn things. Yeah. You get into huddles. You, there's a, someone sitting behind you who's got an issue. They can just turn around and go, look, you know, how can we solve this? And you get together and you solve it. And that's one thing that I really miss because whilst you can do it online, it's not as spontaneous. Yeah. I love that spontaneity. You're like, what are we need to do? How do we do it? Oh, what about this? And you've got people really participating in trying to find that solution. So um, that's what I miss since the pandemic, really. Um, the, the people. I'm a very people person. I love people. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's what I miss. But hopefully, as you know, things get back to some sort of normality yeah. and organisations have a more of a blended approach when it comes to absolutely where and how people can work. Yeah. But um, when we are together with people is that it's more valued and it's not just something that we take advantage of now. It's something that we constructively use at that time really much better than we had yeah. done before. I agree. I agree. I think it's because people are then able to prioritise or, or think about when they're at home, what will they do when they're working from home? Yeah. Versus what they do when they're in the office. Yeah. All right. So, um, you know, it's how you can learn things, how you can have those conversations, um, things that you wouldn't normally, again, you talk about serendipity, right? It could be that yeah. when you're having these discussions, something can come out of it. 
Um, when you might be working from home, people might, they might be doing their admin when they're working from home or writing a report or whatever so that you don't have any distractions. So that I think there are going to be some relatively clear lines around what, what works best. I think there's over the last 18 months or whatever, people have found what works best in which context. Yeah. Uh, and, and, that, and that goes back to your point about saying people will re, re-engineer, if you like, what they do, how they work, uh, what's the best thing to do. I totally get the fact that people have, you know, saved a lot of time by not commuting, um, you know, Definitely. all of those things. Yeah, but equally, I think people have worked longer as well. Mike oh, said yeah. that you're all, you're all 24-7 and yeah. there's a discipline that needs to um, come from that. I remember when I went back into the office last year during the July, September, July, October time, I loved it because when I got home, my computer was shut off. Yes. Well, it's and much easier when you come office. Yeah, it's there always in front of you. You hear something, you're like, okay, a bit like the mobile phones. You know, when we first got our, our work phones, you're always on them. It's like, no, no, you have to make sure that you get that great life work balance well, it's um, a novelty at the beginning isn't it but the problem is it's like when you start a new job and if you put in those extra hours at the beginning when you start a new job that becomes a learned expectation that that's what you're going to continue to do absolutely. then you have to continue doing it and you can't suddenly not do it even though you were super enthusiastic and excited at the beginning it's like set the boundaries from the beginning and that's yeah. what people expect so um, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time out to join us today. It has been absolutely mega. Um, the insights and the information that you have given us have been absolutely awesome. And I'm going to make sure that we um, cut some of this up into some bite-sized chunks because there are some incredibly valuable insights that you've given and also top tips for those in terms of when they're thinking about setting out on their journey when we're looking at accessibility, when you're looking at automation, when you're looking at marketing technology or market tech, mark tech, I can't even say it. Um, and when you talked about new categories as well. So there's some fabulous, fabulous stuff in here. So Santa, thank you so, so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Great, it's been a pleasure. You know, I like talking, right? So. <laughs> I like asking questions, I like listening, I like to hear what's going on, and I like to speak, I like to talk. <laughs> I like to share, put it that way, I do like yeah, to share. That uh, is it, you like I, to I, I've enjoyed it, it's been great, I can't believe we've spoken cocky since time. I know, I know, it doesn't matter. It was well worth it. Yeah, fabulous, yeah, really enjoyed it. That was, that was absolutely brilliant, thank you so much. Thanks.